0: and welcome back to the triumphant return of so it's come to this i would call Simpsons it that family podcast i
1: call it a return yeah but don't call it a comeback because <laughs> i've been here for years
0: well i am the father brian
1: i'm lo cool wait what no it's not my turn well
0: he was taking a, a sip so no, i went no
1: to... go in turn
2: okay what is up my dudes and dudettes and everyone in between i'm brendo are you sure it's me what is up shut up
1: (laughs) are you pointing at me
0: yes i'm pointing at you i mean
1: really that threw me for a loop i was going like he pointed at me and i was going to say i'm ll cool j and then i went no you're not stupid and that's not your bit and he's not going in order and then i flipped out do you want to know who i am yes my name's ll cool j
0: and welcome
2: to 60 Minutes. <laughs> uh, so what is going on? Oh, more class.
1: <laughs> we did it.
3: Great.
2: Oh, uh, you know how hard. Cla- um, uh. My
1: name's Corey. And uh, welcome to 60 Minutes.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: All right. Well, uh-huh. it's been a while. Um, so, sorry about the delay. There was a lot that was going on. Happy holidays, everyone!
2: Merry Christmas! We're recording this
0: a little bit after Christmas, um, so obviously all of most of those... it
1: was me going. Yeah, we'll do it. And then going, I can't do that.
0: No, th- there was a lot going on. Um, I did post on our Facebook page an apology and said that it's been quite a week. So, um, And
1: everyone said, "What? who are you again? Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I'm sure everyone we cared don't care. that much. Tim cared. Yes.
0: So basically, a quick update. We were getting ready to record uh, last week and had a bit of an issue where we had some electrical problems in our house. Uh, basically, our kitchen was completely... That was
1: only last week.
0: Well, it was two weeks ago. but So our kitchen was basically useless. Uh, we had no light, um, and we had an electrician come out and take a look and found out that we were very lucky to not have a fire uh, because... Shout
1: out to our electrician because he was a very nice man.
0: Yes, he was. Um, and...
1: And he was an old goth, which warms my cold, dead heart.
0: And shout outs and thank you to our friend Ron, who recommended him. Um, So we really appreciate that. But yeah, he, when he was looking at some of the wiring down in the basement and everything, at one point, Corey and I noticed there was like a faint burning smell. (laughs) Just and just never good in yeah, a house. Yeah, never good in a house. So we basically said, let's stop using the electrical in this area. And we did. The smell went away, which was good. But um, when the electrician came and took a look at things, he noticed that there were some scorch marks on the floorboard um, in the basement. So he said to us, you guys are really lucky that you didn't have a fire. So. so
1: now when I told my parents about it, they were like, oh, God, guys, that's awful. Oh, my gosh. And your family was like, meh. What are you gonna do
0: no my family was like but we had that remodeled in the 70s but
1: also, and it was all
0: rewired how could that happen
1: But also <laughs> like the electrician is like i don't even know if this was done professionally and the the fact was like my family was very concerned well my parents were very concerned because i have a small family i'm not slating anyone and you know friends who are like family were all very concerned and you and very
2: happy that nothing happened
1: yes and your family's like well what are you gonna do well
2: our family knows that this house is falling apart so like they're not surprised
1: but also when you say we almost had a fire wouldn't you be a little like oh mm-hmm. well y'all almost died what
2: well i would but you've met our family
1: <laughs> i'm just saying yes
0: but moving on, obviously we're very happy that everything was taken care of. Everything is safe now. Everything is back up and working in operational order. And then of course with except all the freaking
1: bathroom which is going to be taken care of after the holidays. Yes. Because guys, we don't have any electricity in our bathroom except for a light.
0: Okay. I was gonna say we have electricity, we just don't have outlets.
1: That's what I uh, like.
0: Even, which which is crazy to have a bathroom with no right. outlets and in it And even ever.
1: Janet's like, where do you dry your hair then? And I'm like, in the bedroom. And she's like, that's annoying. And I'm like, you're telling me, Janny.
0: Well, and if you think, too.
1: I call her Janny. Three
0: women. We's well, best friends. Lived in this house at one point my grandmother i thought you were going to
1: say like brendan was a lady and i'm like well sometimes no like back
0: in the day my grandmother and my three aunts um they all lived in this house and there was never an outlet in the bathroom so i don't know i guess they survived and we've survived up to this point but we'll be taking care of that soon so
1: all of this was done professionally yes so.
0: so everything is nice and safe now everything is good um so obviously we're very lucky um, that everything ended up working out in the end.
1: What? What's going on? Well, that being Tell said,
0: how about a romper room shout-out? What? It's been a while, so... Is that time? Is it a ho- Is it a special holiday mirror? Also,
1: um, the screw fell out of my chair again.
0: Yes, I know, I have to fix that.
1: I mean, if you're going to say people aren't trying to kill me in this house, you'd be wrong. It's probably Dean. Romper my room shout-out. magic room shout out. mirror... Where is it? It's full of holly and jolly, and uh, mistletoe and brimstone and
0: brimstone,
1: fire, and what? What's ho- what's festive? What's more festive? I brimstone.
0: I mean, brimstone is not
2: festive. Frank-
1: Frankincense. <laughs> mistletoe and cranberries. I said mistletoe. The
2: cranberries. Cranberries
1: are okay, also.
2: Kalen, if you're gonna be on this podcast, sit down. Cinnamon apples. Grab a headset. It's,
1: it's a Ned yeah, Mirror. The door. It's a magic mirror made of gingerbread and it that will come together when I do my news and views. But here we go. What? Look at that. No idea. My gingerbread mirror is dirty. I have to clean it.
0: Well, don't do it too hard cuz you'll break it.
2: <laughs> Apologies That's headphones. It. Apologies headphone users.
1: <laughs> um so I adjust I'm the looking levels. in my magic mirror <laughs> and I see Caleb And I see Jess, and I see Mike, I see Susie, Maurice, I see uh, my friend Carl, my friends Patrick and Lindsay, who are enjoying the holidays together because they're married. I just just want everyone to know that my friends aren't doing anything like... Irresponsible. Move on. Move on. Anyways, um, <sighs> my friend Amy, my friend Jay. Hello, my friend Mary Beth. Maybe she doesn't listen anymore. Who would blame her? Buffalo Zone Don Johnson, <laughs> not Miami Vice's Don Johnson, but Buffalo Zone Don Johnson. I see my friend Joey, and hello to my friend Timothy, who's the real reason we're doing this. Uh,
2: you're and, the only constant with this podcast.
1: And there's a guy who likes our page. His name is Justin. Hello to you, good sir. Thank you for liking our page. I really hope you listen, unlike other people who just like our page for the funzos of it. Ha ha! See what I did there? Yes. The funzos. Now on to the real people. Hello to, of course, TJ and Cash. Uh, hello to Karen in Georgia. Oh, actually, Mazeltov to Georgia because she's Jewish, and Mazeltov to all of you who are who have celebrated Hanukkah, not just Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, as Ensign has said. Also, hello to Joy Fatone and Joy Fatone only. Um. Also, hello to oh, who else? Sterling K. Brown is a fan. I hear Chrissy and John like it, but they're like in the Bahamas or something. Um hello to oh shucks i thought this would be easy i've got real people written down but not fake people i'm not saying that they're fake people you know what i'm saying hello to keanu reeves alex winter um hello to uh my friends the workaholics dudes adam blake Durs, kyle who's my favorite adam My brother from another mother. Uh, And as always, never forget the Silver Fox himself. My best friend, Dick Gear.
2: I thought we were going to put Ethan there.
1: Merry Christmas, Ethan! Yeah. Merry Christmas, baby Ethan. um So it's time for the gingerbread mirror to collapse once again. Wait for news and views because it's all going to come together. And I will see you. What? Wait. I won't see you real soon because I forgot to say hello to my Mickey Mouse Club friends. No. Tony, Dale, Damon, Chase, Tiffany, Dee Dee. Albert, Lindsay, Joshua, um, Jennifer, Jason, Blaine. I'm listing all of them. Is there more? Rona, uh, Nikki, Nikita. uh, I'm not making names up. These are all their names. Tara.
0: How can you have all those names in your head? (laughs) From a show that was on 30 years ago? JC okay can we move on justin yes you hit them all Brittany, christina moving on
1: moving on all
0: right thank you thank you for that (laughs) so
1: you should have seen your face when Uh, i've seen them i'm sure people are like these people are made up Mm -hmm. they're not they're not made up don't bother googling it carl's sitting there going i won't
0: (laughs) i think everyone's saying that they won't (laughs) <laughs> all right well that being said i took a look into uh santa's mailbag and we have no email this week but if you ever would like to email us maybe tell us stop talking about the mickey mouse club <laughs> no one will ever do. say that or maybe say please talk more about the mickey mouse don't club. do that <laughs> Everyone
1: will say that
0: there are some different ways that you can do so the first would be through email uh you can get us on so it's come to this pod at gmail.com Um, You can also reach us on Instagram, so it's come to this underscore pod. And on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook by searching for so it's come with the number two, this, and you should be able to find us there.
2: What What about Twitter? Twitter? We don't talk about Twitter. Twitter doesn't exist.
0: We always say we don't talk about Twitter, but we always talk about it in every episode so moving on uh let's get into our eye on springfield segment um since we are delayed in recording here i do have a few things that i'd like to talk about
1: how long is this going to be should i go get my phone you're fine
0: i mean if you need to get your phone you can do that but okay so the first thing uh one of the more recent episodes uh so this was um episode eight from this season it was called the road to cincinnati Um, I didn't notice this, but I found this online, that there is a scene. So in the episode, Principal Skinner and uh, Superintendent Chalmers go on a road trip as they're going to Cincinnati. There's some sort of conference or something that they're going to. They pass by a restaurant that is called Steamed Hams. Nice. On their way for the 800-mile drive to the Teachers' Convention. So obviously this... Uh, goes all the way back to the very famous moment um, in the show where Skinner and Chalmers have a discussion about steamed hams and things like that. It became kind of an internet sensation, so they're kind of doing a little bit of a callback. So they're making a big deal about it, saying that steamed hams is now part of, for real, the Simpsons story.
2: Were they in Albany? They were not.
0: It didn't say where they were. But they were driving by, and it was just in the background. The restaurant was called Steamed Hams. Yes, I know. So, all right, so that was kind of interesting. Um, A second thing, and Brendan, you might be excited about this. So, website LAD bible Yes, Lad Bible. Lad Bible, okay. Oh, I see. I didn't have my space in there. Lad Bible is saying that there's some increased interest in a sequel to the popular Simpsons video game, The Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh.
1: By the way, you're the one who types this out. Yes, I know.
0: So, um, for anyone that is familiar with that game, it's been nearly 20 years since the iconic game was released, and fan of the game, Hassan Mohammed, started a petition on Change.org, which has been credited with... Um, collecting 16,000 signatures, stating that the public demand definitely warrants a sequel. Among some of the requests fans hope to see, including more playable characters, those featured in the series, such as Flanders, Grandpa, Principal Skinner, Willie Otto, Dr. Hibbert, Chief Wiggum, Krusty Moe, and Barney, alongside The Simpsons and Apu. Mohammed added, it's a no-brainer to include more levels, and levels should be open-ended. So having the whole of Springfield connected together instead of it being in sections. So the original producer of the game, Vlad Seraldi, however, said he thinks the game could be remastered or remade. Although Seraldi talks fondly about the game and is interested, he ultimately said that it would have to take the parties who are in charge of the property to want that to happen and someone out there to decide that they are going to go out and do it. So that would be a lot of fun. I know you enjoyed that game quite a bit um, years ago. Any thoughts on that? If they made another Simpsons hit and run? Um,
2: I would be very excited. I haven't played it in a long time. Uh, I but was, I mean, you remember it. I I mean, I at remember, least the game. Like, I, remember, I mean, you probably don't know all the specifics, but... I remember more the Simpsons video game um, for the PS2, that game. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, that uh, I do know that a lot of people love that game, and it's very big among the speedrun community, too. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I did not know that. Yeah. But yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, it's basically a game where essentially you're almost like, I guess you could say an Uber driver, um, where you're just picking up different people, playing as different characters you know, throughout the, the town and stuff like that. And it was actually a lot of fun, so... All right. Um, another thing here, AV Club reports that Josh Weinstein has posted some original script pages from the first draft of the episode. It was called The Millhouse Divided. So they're coming up on the 24th anniversary of the airing of that episode. So this episode is not one we've done yet. Um, it is from Season 8, and it tells the story of Kirk and Luann Van Houten's divorce and its impact on Millhouse. So the page is released detail how disastrous Kirk was for Luann's father's cracker factory. So during an emotional blowout between the two characters at a dinner party hosted by the Simpsons family. So for those of you that are familiar with this episode, the Simpsons or Marge and Homer decide to have a like a cocktail party. They invite a bunch of people over, and Kurt and Luann basically have their blowout moment right there, which kind of starts the wheels in motion for their divorce and everything like that. This basically says that there was additional information that was put in there that they cut out. So in this, there's a longer version. Luann reveals that Kurt disregarded his boss's boss's vision for the first peanut butter cracker in favor of a cracker with a pocket of salt on the inside. (laughs) In addition to that, he had an idea for trout thins to be a competitor to goldfish, and that also failed to catch on. So um, I'm going to post the images of the original script pages. It's kind of interesting to go through and kind of see how everything went through. Um, but for those of you that are big fans of the show, this uh, might come as a surprise to you, and you might think it was kind of cool. And last thing I don't want to I want to mention, um, so for the two of you that are sitting next to me today, you remember the episode we did last week, right? No. No. Or not last week, but last time when... Um,
3: not even a little bart
0: got bone storm oh yeah ran into don brodka and then all of that and
2: then the golf game
0: yes and um i was talking about don brodka when he came in to record his voice he was a bit difficult well oddly enough josh weinstein added again on twitter talked a little bit more about how difficult he was because it was the 25th anniversary of that episode
2: No, because we have poll, and our poll got people into that episode. There you go.
0: So he's like, I better get some new content out there. Yeah. So those people at, so it's come to this, The Simpsons Family Podcast, can get it out there. (laughs) So basically what he does, and I want to read this quick. I have it on my phone um, because it's kind of interesting. So he released a timeline of Lawrence Tierney, who plays Don Brodka, terrorizing the Simpsons staff. So this is essentially what happened. Noon. Car arrives at Fox. Tierney steps out. Driver says he refuses to take him back and speeds off. It's raining. So apparently, Don Brockett, or not Don Brockett, Lawrence Tierney, gets there and he's like, no, I want to go back. Driver would not do that. (laughs) So it's raining. Next. 1205. Tierney, 76, is led grumbling down the stairs to our basement recording room. I'm sweating. 1210. As Bill Oakley and I talk to Tierney, a PA hands out lunches and opens a plastic container. The sound angers Tierney, and he yells, I'm trying to talk with the directors here. 1215. (laughs) Tierney informs me and Bill he intends to do the character Don Brodka in a southern voice. We somehow convince him to do it in his regular voice, which we tell him we love. It's why we hired him, based on Reservoir Dogs. He seems dubious, but I lead him to the mic. Alright, so continuing on. 12:20, recording lines in Dead Quiet Studio, but stop to explain jokes. The answering machine gag is complex. We can't convey to him why it's funny, so we go along with his insistent, it's only good if someone else is on the line. And I imitate slash ad-lib Marge replies, which we'll edit out. (laughs) 12.45. We finish. Tierney's led away to new unsuspecting driver, and we breathe sigh of relief. It was the most nerve-wracking record ever, but we have a feeling it'll be a memorable performance. The events here are seared into my brain, but not be in the right order. Bill Oakley then also said, don't forget, number one, how he cornered and hit on Bonnie, the casting director, within less than a minute after his arrival. And two, how he was somehow irked by me, quote, dressing like a baseball player. (laughs) So there you have it. Uh, That's what the creators had to deal with uh, to get Lawrence Tierney on their episode um, to play Don Broadcut so let's jump into our news and views
1: okay here we go do you know michael jackson
2: who no not at all do
1: you know never heard of him. do you know neverland ranch you know his huge opus to never growing up and perhaps alleged abuse yes it was sold do you know who bought it Peter Pan. You don't know who bought it. It's uh it was sold to Pittsburgh Penguins co owner Ron Burkle. Really? Yes. Hmm. Twenty two million dollars. Wow. Twenty two million. I'm not sure why he would buy it unless you like sadness and alleged abuse. Well,
0: I mean, if you turn it around, like there's some really cool stuff there.
1: I mean, do you mean the creepy children? Uh, statues and the creepy Michael Jackson has a Pied Piper statue. Yeah,
0: just get rid yeah. of that stuff.
1: I mean, yeah, sure.
0: I mean he's got like amusement park rides there and everything, right?
1: No, I think they were taken. Oh, were they? I think all of that stuff was repossessed, along with the animals who were probably also suffering abuse.
0: Allegedly. But,
1: Congratulations, Ron. <laughs> I hope you're happy with your purchase. <laughs> Upcoming season four of Stranger Things is David Harbour's favorite. Now David Harbour plays Har- Hopper. He said he's really excited because Hopper's spoiler alert going to be in Russia. Like we all didn't know that, but I mean, um, yeah,
2: that was that was well, it was revealed at the end of the season. Yeah.
1: They're eyeing a early 2021 release, but it sounds like there's going to be a lot of fan service in this. Season, and if there's one thing I hate, it's fan service. It's so,
0: some of it can be okay, but sometimes they I, go a little don't, too far. Don't make
1: me mad, Duffer Brothers. Don't pull a JJ Abrams on me. It's is what, what I'm, I'm saying. saying. Mm-hmm. You son. All right. And here we go. Here's the thing that ties romper room shout outs together. A nearly seven foot tall monolith oh. made of gingerbread mysteriously appeared on a hilltop on Christmas Day in San Francisco. So, wait. <laughs> yes.
0: Because this monolith thing has happened in multiple places, but now it's gingerbread?
1: It was made of gingerbread in San Francisco. It was held together by icing, decorated with gumdrops, and it collapsed the very next day.
2: So that is absolutely just a a, a, a mimic. What's what's it called? Uh, it's like when 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 someone like makes a crime, does a crime because they read Copycat. About it. Copycat. That was just a copycat of it's, it's because Christmas. So someone just well, you know,
1: to- no one's copying to it. So I guess it was probably aliens.
0: <laughs> Obviously, yep, of course, Kang and Kodos.
1: That's Bow.
0: it. All right, all right. Well, thank you for that, and thanks You're for welcome. tying everything back together. Look at that.
1: I told you I would.
0: Just pull on that string, and this is what happens. <laughs> all right. What? Well- what does that mean? I don't know. All right, so let's jump into our episode here. So, um, like I said, my original plan was to have this out at least probably last week uh, prior to Christmas. Uh, But unfortunately, as we mentioned, we ran into some delays and things like that. So, this is a Christmas themed episode. um, And for our episode this week, I will turn it over to Brendan.
2: Oh, Lord. Alright, so welcome everyone to episode 30 of the podcast. We made 30! We made 30 of these!
1: Only 10 more and we'll be good.
2: Yep, that's what the boys say. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's season 11, episode 9, entitled, Grift of the Magi. Uh its production code was Bab F zero seven or BABF07 zero seven. It originally aired december nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh it was directed by Matthew Nastick. It was written by Tom Martin, and it guest stars Tim Robbins, Clarence Clemens, Gary Coleman, and Joe Monta Montana. Sure. Um <laughs> The chalkboard gag was I will not sell my kidney on eBay. And the couch gag was uh, the family sliding down the fire pole and then Homer gets stuck in the hole above the fire pole and you see his feet kick. His feet do the kicky kicks.
0: <laughs> the kicky kicks, eh? Yeah, kick, yes. Alright, well thank you for that. Um, so I did look it up and I remember hearing something about this with this chalkboard gag. I will not sell my kidney on ebay. Now, Corey, do you remember somebody actually tried to do that? Yeah. So it yeah, actually in the early days of yeah, eBay. Yeah, it happened actually just a few months before this. So I looked up, found an article that was dated September third, nineteen ninety nine. And yes, yeah, somebody actually put their kidney on a listing on eBay and um Obviously it like Cory said it was the early days of eBay and online bidding started for it started a bidding war and the bidding topped five point7 million dollars before eBay found out about it and then pulled the uh, the listing right because Were they obviously arrested? no because they weren't able to actually track it back to the person um they this did say
2: today, maybe. They'd be goners.
0: Yeah. So the actual listing said fully functional kidney for sale. And the seller was identified as HC Hero from... What state do you think this happened in? Florida. Yes, it happened in Florida, of course. (laughs) And it said in the listing, you can choose either kidney. (laughs) Buyer pays all transplant and medical costs... Of course, only one for sale for as I need the other one to live. Serious bids only. Wow. And then, like I said, obviously, when eBay found out about this, because it is illegal to sell your organs, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously pulled it down and it didn't actually happen. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, wait, that did happen, didn't it? So I did a little bit of research yeah, it did. and found that out. So, alright, so with our episode, obviously a few things that I found before we get in here. So Tom Martin, the writer of this episode, got the inspiration for Grift of the Magi after reading a magazine article about how major companies were receiving permission to advertise their products in school students' textbooks. He thought it seemed like a gigantic conflict that could lead to big problems and therefore believed an episode based on it would be a good idea. Um, So obviously this particular episode is a satire of the whole commercialization of Christmas and things like that. Um, A writer for Newsday commented that the episode skewers the annual craze for that one hot toy. Um, So this has also been pointed out by Mike Scully, who said in 2008 that Grift of the Magi was produced around the time when every year there seemed to be a hot toy. Like the Furbies or whatever, some toy that kids just had to have that year. In response to Scully's comment, Martin added that every year the media would create this gigantic rush at the toy store, the toy the toy, toy store, store. There we go, for various things. So this episode was coming on the heels of the Furby. <laughs> so guest stars in this episode include Tim Robbins as Jim Hope, Gary Coleman, just probably one of the best um guest stars that they've had. Uh, playing himself joe montagna as fat tony and clarence clemens as narrator so scully thought that robbins did a great job because the simpsons staff wanted the character of jim hope to be fun and upbeat and somebody the kids would love um so obviously you probably found out at the end um, clarence clemens from the e street band he narrates a few scenes at the end of the episode R. I. P. yep telling viewers how the story ends so shortly after Gary Coleman's death in 2010, an article appeared in the newspaper El Comercio that noted that the nod to the harsh reality of Gary Coleman in the episode is given. In real life, Gary had to make a living as a shop security guard. Yep. So obviously he plays a security guard in this episode, and that was kind of true to life because he did have to do that as he kind of came on a, fell on hard times and things like that. Um, in addition to that, this episode's title is a pun on O. Henry's short story, The Gift of the Magi, mm-hmm. and the Funzo's metallic frame uh, was a reference, of course, to the endoskeleton from the Terminator. Mm-hmm. And so there were some deleted scenes um, in this particular episode. Corey, the scene where uh, Barton and Milhouse decide to like, dress up.
1: Sisters are doing it for themselves.
0: <laughs> yep. So prior to that, Milhouse uh, has a conversation where he tries to convince Bart to go explore. And this leads Bart to state, okay, but if it leads to Narnia, I'm out of there. That place is for wusses. (laughs) And then there's another real quick scene where we see um, Lisa's trying to talk, talk to Bart. But he's busy training Santa's little helper, trying him to sing or trying to get him to sing jingle bells. Mm-hmm. So he's telling Santa's little helpers, he's like rough, 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 rough and as this is happening, Santa's little helpers barking along with him. And then he goes, Rough, 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 rough and he sustains that last note and he goes, It's up here in the penthouse. So, Brendan, you're shaking your head. I'm sure you've heard things similar to that Mm -hmm. in your Days of Chorus and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, So the scene where Bart and Milhouse are um, frolicking on the bed and Bart gets hurt. Originally, Milhouse was supposed to be the one to get hurt, but the producers thought that having Bart get injured was more interesting. Uh, Jim Hope actually is a real person. So he is a TV writer. And he is a friend of one of the producers. Oh. So, obviously...
2: Was he played by the real Jim Hope? No, that was, was Tim played Robbins. He was Tim Robbins. Wow. Who's an actor. Okay.
0: Um, but they just used his name. So, and then, I thought this was interesting. So, Gary Coleman, in the mm-hmm. episode, obviously says his famous phrase, What yes. you talking about?
1: What you talking about everyone?
0: Yes. So, he did not want to say this catchphrase. Why not? And he had a limit to the number of times he would say it. Oh, my God um well i mean it makes well, sense yeah, like you, mean, you don't want to be just constantly known for something you did 20 years ago and you know. well, that's
1: what people are known for bro
0: i know but a lot of people have an issue with that and they want to try to get past it and stuff like that so but obviously the pro- the producers convinced him um and then he kind of relented and he later commented you're gonna feel real bad now Corey." he later commented that the reason he doesn't like to say the catchphrase is due to the fact that it reminds him of bad times with his parents while he was a child
1: oh well i do feel bad yes thanks jerk
0: (laughs) so obviously it reminded of some not so great times but all right so with that let's jump into our episode here um so talking about act one so one thing i will say before we really jump into this um As I mentioned, this is a quote-unquote Christmas episode. It took a long time to get there. Yeah, it
1: took a long time to get to Christmas. Like,
0: it really wasn't Christmas until, like, the third act. Mm -hmm. Like, the first two acts really don't have much to do with it. I think a few times, I think in maybe act two, they kind of mention the holidays are coming up and this and that. And I know when they're in the school, you see, like, a Christmas tree and stuff. But it was really not hugely in your face with christmas so i was wondering like when you guys Corey, you said you didn't remember seeing this episode there were some things that you kind of remembered after the fact yeah and brendan you had never seen it before so were you sitting there watching it going this isn't a
2: christmas episode i didn't know it was supposed to be a christmas episode you didn't tell me gotcha Um, i
1: i knew it was a christmas episode but like you said it took a long time to get to christmas
2: Uh, this is an episode just like the movie we watched that is a story that takes place during Christmas, not a Christmas story.
1: Boy, I'm gonna hit you.
0: (laughs) So Brendan is referring to the uh, controversy between Die Hard being a Christmas movie as he watched it for the first time last night, Mm -hmm. and of course myself, Corey, and London, we all feel that it is a Christmas movie. And I know there's a lot of controversy, and this really stirs up a lot of discussion of Nate, whether or not it is. it is the best Christmas movie. <laughs> so I will say Brenda was very open-minded about it, but what was your ultimate thought on it?
2: Uh, I believe that a true Christmas movie needs to, uh, needs to have a story that cannot take place at any other time of year except for Christmas. When Die Hard, I feel like if you take away all of the Christmas elements, it still has um, a very solid story and could still play very easily on a big screen without it being Christmas. Right.
0: So we, of course, had some discussion about that and... Corey and i you know had some differing opinions we're not going to get into that here because we'll open it up for another 25 minutes um but i will say like it didn't get heated like i thought it was going to um at one point london got very upset trying to tell brendan her side of things and we had to say okay let's try to get this all out and brendan got upset too and they were kind of going back and forth at each other so but we all kind of walked away and had our own opinions and said you can have your opinion we will have ours and We left it from there, so.
3: Uh
0: All right, so here we go. Let's get into Act 1 here. So, on an ordinary day, as we mentioned, not really Christmas, the hole in the ozone layer lands over Springfield, and Milhouse convinces Bart to dress up as a girl as they jump on his parents' bed. They enjoy this, but when Homer knocks on the door, which is locked, Bart panics and falls onto Homer's bowling ball and breaks his coccyx. Homer then opens the door in a shock to see Bart and Milhouse wearing women's clothes and demands they give him a non-gay explanation. Milhouse lies and tells him that they're very drunk, to which Homer says, thank God. Dr. Hibbard informs Homer and Marge that Bart will have to use a wheelchair for the time being. When Bart goes to school the next day, the school does not have ramps for the disabled, which changes when Fat Tony and his construction company, Valdazo Brothers Olive Oil, <laughs> decides to build the ramps. They build too many ramps around the school, which later crumble because they're made of paint, breadsticks, and shellac. Fat Tony informs Principal Skinner that he will have to pay $200,000 for the repairs. And in response, Principal Skinner chooses to close Springfield Elementary due to lack of funds. All right. Act 1.
2: Okay. I have one thing
1: to say. Who what's the red now, (laughs) Millhouse?
2: Did Skinner sign, like, a contract for this? I mean, they bullied him into it, but yes.
0: I mean, they gave him an (laughs) itemized bill.
1: Too late,
2: the trucks are already here. Because, like, he was very against it. Mm -hmm. From the very start. It feels like he should have some legal recourse against Fat Tony.
0: <laughs> he had a groundbreaking ceremony. The pictures were right there. That's they true. took pictures of it. I don't know if he's got legal recourse. He just went along with it. I mean, yes, he got bullied along, but ultimately it came down to him.
2: So maybe, And he paid him. So maybe it's Skinner's fault.
0: It is Skinner's fault. It is
2: Skinner's fault. And
0: we saw Fat Tony drive away with a sack full of money. (laughs) So he did get paid for it. Again, might have gotten bullied, but ultimately it came down to him. Yeah. I liked uh, when they're talking about the ozone layer on the news. Oh, my God. And just what they mentioned, that it's wintering in Springfield. (laughs) And just that scene of just the beam of light Mm -hmm. coming down and chasing Mm Millhouse. Just crazy. Um, And then another thing on the news report (laughs) that I really liked, where they say, stay inside unless you wear sunscreen or are very, very hairy. Experts recommend a Class 9 or Robin Williams level of hair coverage. (laughs) Yeah. And they show the picture of him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's pretty good. (sighs) So um, did you guys see other things in Act 1?
1: I mean, and anything with um, drag, I'm here for. So, Millhouse and Bart dressing up and singing sisters, they're doing it for themselves. Yeah,
0: but won't that make them kind of fruity?
1: <laughs> you know, and as I'm watching, I'm like, this doesn't hold up.
0: Right. No, not at all. What's the matter? Scared you might like it? <laughs> I'll show you who's scared.
1: Give me a non-gay explanation. Um, okay. Well
2: different time, I guess. Like, oh my god. But
0: guys. I mean, Bart did actually come around pretty quickly, because he puts that dress on, and he says it really hides his thighs.
2: <laughs> I'm mainly talking about Homer yes, on I this, know. though.
0: Well, I mean, we've had that discussion before about Homer. He's not very open-minded. That's so, true. Um, but, oddly enough, he's comforted by the thought that they would be drunk. Yeah. So, like,
1: Because that's better. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was going to say, like, underage drinking... Or cross-dressing. Oh yeah, well, I'll take the underage drinking. What? Every time. <laughs> like, that's not. That's not a good look. Um, so my question about that whole scene is, wh- where did the wigs come from?
2: That's what I was wondering. Maybe Marge, like, Marge is like more have of a rose.
1: Did she name all of them also? <laughs>
0: I mean, they were all in their closet. So unless I don't, maybe Homer likes to get down or something. I mean,
1: give me a non-gay <laughs> explanation for that. And Homer
0: doesn't need a bald cap, so it would be very easy for him. But yeah, that that was just the one thing, and we've seen it before. Like that, I forget which episode it was, but the one where oh, it's the um the episode with uh Roy, isn't that his name? The um the gay uh, shop owner John. John, that's right.
1: Roy is their uh uh their forgotten son. No, their tenant. Remember, he just moves in, the Poochie episode, and then inexplicably, we never hear from him again. Probably effing killed himself.
0: (laughs) But in in that episode with John, Bart has a wig. Yes. And it's the same one that Milhouse is wearing. Yes. So, yeah, they apparently just have wigs all
1: over. How How does she get all of her hair under it, though?
2: Maybe her her blue hair,
1: yeah,
2: has always been a wig this entire time.
1: <gasps> dun dun dun.
2: I mean, it's impossible for to have hair that tall. So it's true. It's possible. That's true.
0: We don't know. Maybe it'll be reviewed or revealed one day. It, we'll probably say. not. No. But um, another thing that I thought was really funny was a very quick uh, visual gag, and I don't know if you guys noticed it. So when Fat Tony appears, yeah, he's hiding behind that tree. What? Mm-hmm. So the tree is super skinny, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's only a couple inches wide, and then Fat Tony just appears from behind it.
1: But Fat yeah. Tony is fat.
0: <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> so, um, let's see, anything else? Oh yeah,
1: I love Fat Tony. Oh, Fat way.
0: Tony's fantastic. Every time he comes on, is just always, always great. And when Skinner asks Fat Tony, do they really need all of these ramps? And he says, who's to say? Does a peacock need all them feathers?
1: <laughs> I I don't remember how where he says a but he goes, they say it happens in the autumn year. That was
0: the next part. And I was going to ask about that. So does that mean Fat Tony's coming to terms with his mortality? Yes. Like, does he realize like he's not going to be around much longer? Is he trying to tell us something?
1: I love
2: Fat
0: Tony. <laughs> um, I
2: mean... He was alive for 25 more years after this. Well, he's still kicking. He's still alive. Yeah,
0: nothing's happened to him. So, um, and then the other part when um, Skinner is revealing all of the ramps to everyone. Mm -hmm. And he says, um, we are now compliant to the American with Disabilities Act of 1975. And I can say we are closer than ever before. (laughs) And also, I mean, don't we think that's a little too many ramps? I
1: mean, it looked they like they don't
2: look like ramps. They look like slides.
1: Yes, it did. It was a hundred percent a slide. It
2: was a water park. it <laughs> yes. turned Springfield Springfield Elementary into a water park. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So, Corey, I noticed that you had a bit of a reaction to the comment that Skinner makes when he says when he introduces Bart, and he says. Uh, our first disabled student, and what does he say?
1: Hopefully not our last.
0: Something like that. And
2: hopefully many more to yes, come. Yes, and
0: hopefully yes. many more to come. So you kind of had a weird reaction to that.
1: I, well, I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> it's nice that Skinner's embracing change, but also, why would you wish that upon a child?
0: <laughs> and then, um, did you notice when the, um, the crowd parts... And Bart comes out, Homer's behind him, and he yells out, I'm proud of you, boy. Yes. As he's walking forward.
1: W- without, without his fanny cast on, by the way. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, the teaching hospital with the viewing window.
2: <laughs> by the way. The fanny cast, we see on the picture what they'll look like mm-hmm. with their yeah, clothes, clothes on. Yep. And then when he, when we see him in the wheelchair, like, he, you could see his butt for a little bit. And there's no change to his regular clothes. You're checking out Bart's butt, huh? Oh, yeah. Every day <laughs> of my life.
1: But it doesn't matter because now his butt bone's stronger than ever. <laughs> yes.
0: And then the very, like awkward applause that he gets (laughs) for bouncing on the ground is pretty great. And, um, two more things I just want to mention about Act 1 is when Skinner tries to question Fat Tony about the construction when he realizes that it was made of breadsticks, shellac, and, uh, what was the third thing? Paint! Yeah, paint, breadsticks, and and shellac, yep. And, um, He mentions it to Fat Tony, and Fat Tony says, It's all itemized on this bill. And it's just the bill, and it says 200 grand written on it. And then he says, Fat Tony says to him, I don't get mad.
1: I get stabby. I
0: get stabby.
1: That's going to be my motto.
0: (laughs) And then, of course, I
1: get stabby.
0: A great example of comedy in threes when Skinner decides to close Springfield Elementary. And all the kids cheer. And then he says something else I forget what it is. And they all cheer a second time. And then he says, I'm just gonna stop trying. And, and they then all they all cheer a third time. <laughs> and I, I loved the animation of the kids cheering there. Like if you see Bart, he's like pumping his fist and he's like super excited.
1: And Janie's in the background bouncing up and down. Yep.
0: Yeah, and Lewis too. In the third mm-hmm. shot they show Lewis, he's like jumping up and down, they're all excited. So All right, so that gets us through Act 1. Anything else anyone wants to mention? Anything maybe you didn't like about Act 1 or problematic things? We kind of talked about the whole Homer thing. I talked about the problematic things. But anything else with Act 1 before we move on here? Okay, I'll take your silence as a no. All right, so let's uh, move into Act 2 here. So for Act 2, all please... I'm trying not
1: to chew too loud.
0: All please for help like Mr. Burns, prove futile until Jim Hope, the president of a company named Kid First Industries, buys the school and privatizes it. At the school, an all-new staff do no actual teaching and instead teach the children about toy design and marketing, which makes Lisa suspicious when her class is asked to name a new toy that they will sell for Christmas. Lisa, of course, unlike the other kids, wants to do actual schoolwork and is later given detention for doing math problems. Bart visits Lisa writing lines on the blackboard, gloating about how he's the straight-A student and she's the troublemaker now. When Bart leaves and turns the classroom lights off, Lisa finds light shining through the blackboard. She later discovers that they are a toy company that's just using the children for research to make a toy through the use of hidden cameras, tape recording, and clear two-way blackboards. All right, act two.
2: Um. Thoughts. i have one thing to say yes <laughs> oh my god what is wrong with me i was just thinking about how the quote begins that's what you were gonna say yes Mm-hmm. that's what i was gonna say my brain is
0: would you like me to move on and maybe it'll come back to you yes okay anything from you
2: where are the refreshments
0: i keep you keep asking me that and i keep telling you over there
1: but those were some refreshments yeah what is a carving that? station an
0: omelet station Somebody yeah, had? like,
1: how much did Skinner pay for those refreshments? No wonder they had to sell the school. <laughs>
0: maybe Skinner should have cut back on his refreshment budget a little bit.
1: Listen, I've been to stupid PTA meetings. They didn't have anything like that.
0: <laughs> what about Ned's offer to sell the motorhome? And I mean, Homer just going, maybe you should shut up. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> maybe they have PTA meetings like that in Grand Island, but not around here they don't.
0: Um, what did you guys think about, uh, about Mo and how he's doing for himself?
1: But don't you like the bread bags?
0: (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Sir, please put some shoes on. What, you don't like my bags? (laughs) Also, his, uh, his idea, they should try selling liquor. (laughs) Because he's doing
2: great. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... did you just raise your hand? Yes, I did raise my (laughs) hand. Uh, I have something to say. Um, Our only homework is to bring in our favorite toy. That sounds super fun. Yeah, but I'm still not going to do it.
0: Yeah, so why are you bringing that up?
2: (laughs) It's something I would do.
0: Uh
2: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, that's another one of the delays, because Brendan was having issues with schoolwork that we were trying to get him to do. Every time I wanted to record, he's like, oh, I got work to do.
2: I did have work
0: to do. That didn't get done. I got most of it done.
1: A school play won't help anything. Like, their idea, let's do a school play to get Mr. Burns to help us. Like, what did they think that would do? But that play
0: really spoke to him. Yeah, I mean, (laughs)
1: Dr. Stupid. (laughs) I'm going to cut off his liver bone. Oops, he's dead. (laughs)
0: Oh, the nice man giveth.
2: Should I do that show for spotlight? Yes, yes, please. you
0: absolutely should. Which you- one is the salt? Too bad I'm an idiot because my school closed, <laughs> or I can't. No,
2: that's the rat
0: poison.
1: Well, I can't drive an ambulance because I can't read a map.
0: Yeah, it was I can't take Mister Burns to the hospital because I'm too dumb to read a map.
1: What, what are you, you passionate, passionate about, about partner? Bugs. Boogers.
0: <laughs> oh, one more thing about the play. When they revealed to Mr. Burns, well, Mr. Burns, I'm sorry to say, we had a hidden agenda. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what? No! <laughs> he's just... <laughs>
2: oh.
0: Or how about that trapdoor? <laughs> it's doing that
2: thing again. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused! Ugh. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, then when Jim Hope comes in and he starts like karate chopping books and (laughs) and Nelson goes, this rekindled my love affair with books.
0: Or when Bart goes home and he starts doing it to all the books. Get him,
1: boy. Kick (laughs) those (laughs) smart-ass books.
0: And he says, I'm destroying books at a sixth grade level. (laughs) But I do have to say, though, that Jim Hope, he's very charming.
1: Well, it's Tim Robbins, so. Yeah, it makes
0: total sense. So, um, and- good for
1: you not being bound by the recommended age.
0: <laughs> oh God, Millhouse!
1: <laughs> Hello, Daddy.
0: Playing with it. What did they call it? His play box. Oh, busy box.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then he realizes it's for ages two and four, and he's like, "Oh,
2: this toy has everything. <laughs> this toy has everything."
1: Um, and Bert taunting Lisa, the ironing is delicious.
0: <laughs> That's not the word part.
1: <laughs> that ain't not, not bad. bad.
0: Yes, oh, that ain't not bad. Oh, God. Very good. Um, Also, the <laughs> when Jim Hope is talking about the current teachers' administrators being replaced, and he says but they've already gotten an extremely generous <laughs> severance Valencia, package.
1: these are juice oranges. And
0: Skinner just throws them on the ground so if they weren't juice oranges he'd be happy with that i guess i
1: think he'd be fine
0: but he spent all that money on those refreshments so he's got no money left
1: (laughs) he's not taking no damn juice juice oranges
0: so also you were talking about millhouse's toy that he brings in yeah i could not stop laughing at nelson Because they're trying to ask what they want out of a toy. And I think it's Janie who says something soft. Yeah. Bart says something with a lot of firepower. Firepower. And Nelson says something that's challenging. And he's got the -the (laughs) jack-in-the-box with his thumb over the top of it.
2: And he's turning (laughs) it (laughs) counterclockwise.
0: Yes, and then just the fact that his thumb is on top of it so it won't open. Just Oh my god, it just made me laugh so hard. Oh, and then Millhouse, of course. It's I Should Be Telescopes. No, no. periscopes. No, no, microscopes. Can you come, come back, back to me? Come back to me.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, well, you know, that's research you can take to the bank. The money bank.
1: <laughs> what? Danger Broom Closet.
0: <laughs> oh, that was great. I absolutely love the Danger Broom Closet. And, Corey, I think... I don't know if this was the first time that we meet Lindsay Nagel. But I think you have a strange affiliation to Lindsay Nagel. Like, don't you like her?
1: I do really like her for some reason.
0: So there's really no reason that you like her? Like, it's not her voice or you you don't know why? I just
1: like her for some reason.
0: There you have it. (laughs) Well, and then when the teacher is um, talking to the second graders... About trying to come up with toy names.
1: <laughs> and all they have, uh, it should be called Fun! And
0: then she no. says to Ralph, Fun." There, no. are, there are no right or wrong answers, but if you don't pipe down, I'm giving you an F. <laughs> and he says, the before teacher yelled at me too. <laughs> and Lisa's names, Mrs. Fun, Fun, Fungus, Funzo, Attila the Fun.
1: And Attila the Fun was written down on uh, one of the sheets of paper in yes, the room it was. closet.
0: Yes, it was. <laughs> and um, Ha Ha is also on that at the very bottom right below Attila the Fun. <laughs> I see you. Give me a hug. Corey. shaking her head. Awful. She doesn't like that part at all. <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously this is very disturbing what is happening here that they're just coming into the school and they're just literally just trying to come up with ideas for this toy and everything but also
2: kind of true to life although instead of in irl it's happening on the interwebs
0: that is true that is true so all right so any other thing um that we want to talk about with act two no I'm good. All right. So before we jump into Act 3 here, Cor, you kind of mentioned this a little bit in our last episode when you were talking about Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah. And things like that. Mm -hmm. And the big toy. I think that's really when the big toy craze started. Like, I don't remember anything being a huge thing before that.
1: But here's the thing. We were so young. We were. That I really can't remember
0: but it just seemed like that, I don't know if that really kicked it off. Because, you know, obviously it got so much attention. And then I think all these companies started to see that. And they're like, well, we want that. And then it, it was just year after year after year. There was this hot toy that everybody wanted. And everybody was going crazy over it. And like, yeah, Brendan, we told you that like there was videos of people just like trampling each other. Like you'll see, like in Act 3 when they're watching the store opening and the guys like i'd feel much better or i'd sleep a lot better if i saw someone getting trampled mm-hmm. like that was happening all yeah, the time I know and it was just absolutely crazy but mm-hmm. so before we jumped into act three here i want you to try to think back to when you were a kid and was there i guess i would say like what was the best present that you remember getting well, was there something that you really really wanted and then you actually got it or if you want to take it the other way was there ever something you really really wanted and you weren't able to get
2: for christmas yes because well if unfolding? you have
0: something else i mean you could go with I that do. but i was thinking more towards christmas but if you're thinking of something else as far as a gift
2: uh yeah then you could do that birthday okay uh one of the only gifts i remember unwrapping opening, losing my mind over. Uh, No, not one of, the only (laughs) gift I remember doing this was 10th birthday, 11th maybe? I was younger, Uh, and my grandparents won me a PS4 and gave it to me for my birthday.
0: And it was fairly early on was, for the it PlayStation. It was
2: first-generation PS4. So yeah. I
0: know it wasn't, like, one of those things where it was, like, super rare and you couldn't find them, but still, it was pretty early on. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I think it was probably it was before released... before
2: any other generation
0: Yeah, but I think it was probably released, like, the Christmas before... And then yeah. you would have got it in September.
2: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: So it was like, you could find them. It wasn't like they were super scarce or anything like that. But still, yeah, I just remember. So, yeah, what else about that?
2: Uh, I almost broke it. <laughs> because I opened it, saw what it was, stood up, and didn't put it down. So it was on my mm-hmm. lap, and it just tumbled onto the ground and started running around the yard. That
0: is true. And I think maybe one of the reasons why you remember that so clearly is we took video of
2: it. Yeah, and I still I still have, I watched the video pretty recently, Did you? Too. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'll have to see if I can find that, and we'll put it up on the Facebook page so people can see your reaction to that. But, yeah. But, yeah, so that was a really good reaction. Um, Corey, anything from you? Now, I know you told us last I, episode I you that you pretty much episode. got everything you ever wanted. No, but... it
1: was my Cabbage Patch Kid that looked just like me.
0: All right. So that that's the one that really sticks out. And even though you got, like, 12 Cabbage Patch Kids that year.
1: Listen, it's not my <laughs> fault, dude.
0: But the I, one that looked like you was the one that was special.
1: I wish I still had her.
0: Yeah. Okay. So for me, it's actually a two-way tie. And I think it was the same Christmas, actually. So I remember. So for Christmas, we always came to um, my grandma's house on Christmas Eve, which is the house we now live in. And I remember, I think my grandma got it for me. I don't remember who got it for me though, but I think it was her. I got a Pittsburgh Penguins Jersey and I was very excited. I remember opening the present and I was probably like six or seven years old. Like I was pretty young and loved the team and always wanted a Jersey And, well, I say always, it was probably like a year that I wanted a jersey. But, you know, of course, when you're that kid, a year, or when you're that age, a year feels like it's forever. And I just remember opening it and just loving it so much. I think I wore it for seven days straight, maybe? Jesus. Like, to bed, in the morning. Like, I just didn't take it off.
2: I bet that
1: smelled real good.
0: I'm sure it did. But then again, I was younger, so I didn't have, like, you know, teenage boy smell or anything. And then mm. that same Christmas at my parents' house, so for Christmas morning, I got an Atari 2600. And that How late into the cycle? It was very late yeah. into the Atari cycle. <laughs> I, like, I believe say. Nintendo was already out. <laughs> it's, and that's probably why I got it, because it was probably a reasonable price. Um, because every other gaming system I had to buy on my own, um, because they just didn't have the disposable income at that time. Um, So any other one, I had to save up my own money. Like, I remember my Nintendo that I bought, I bought with my own money. I had to save up for it and things Mm -hmm. like that. Same thing, like, when I got a TV in my room, I had to pay for it, saved up my money, did that, and stuff like that. So, But no, I just remember that Christmas, those are probably the two gifts that I remember the most when I was a kid, is getting that jersey. And then I remember seeing a picture of me with the jersey playing the Nintendo. And it was pretty great. But yeah, and I think I had that Nintendo Atari? for about... or Yes, the Atari. And I think I had that Atari for maybe two years, and then it broke.
1: For two years? Yeah,
0: it wasn't that long. And then, you know, shortly after that was when I got the Nintendo. But but yes, when you asked Brendan, it was pretty much, like, on its way out mm-hmm. at that point. So, What games did you have? Not many. E.T.? Um, no, I did not have E.T. Uh, what did I have? I think I had Space Invaders. Okay. Maybe one or two others. Like I said, I didn't have a ton. But none of I Did I might have had Pitfall. I think so
2: it Paul's one of the yeah. pasturkey games.
0: But I wasn't very good at either of them, so. <laughs> but I had a good time with it. So, all right, so let's jump into our act 3 here. Uh so Lisa brings in her parents and Chief Wiggum to investigate. They do not believe her <laughs> because the room is used for spying on the children was taken out and replaced.
2: Like we all we all saw this coming and the fact that they knew we all saw this coming and had Homer sitting do that monologue was so good yes it was brilliant (laughs) i mean i left
0: ralphie
1: in the bathtub so
0: (laughs) yeah we'll talk about that once we get into it but yes um so later on the new toy is named funzo obviously a name which lisa ironically suggested in class when she was caught doing math oh we forgot to mention that in act two when ralph catches her doing extra math work
1: and there's some under her (laughs) chair and he's crawling around
0: little snitch <laughs> oh. So anyways, uh we, we meet Funzo and Funzo has the traits that the students had suggested during the brainstorming <laughs> session. Lisa takes Bart to the KFI headquarters until Gary Coleman, as a security guard with questionable mental health, <laughs> stops them.
3: <Aww. laughs>
0: they visit Jim Hope's office and he gives them a free funzo. Bart and Lisa like it at home until they discover that Funzo is a toy killer purposely designed to destroy other companies' toys. They spread the word around Springfield, urging the citizens to boycott Funzo until Homer, on Christmas Eve, burns all the Funzos in Springfield after stealing them and taking them to the Springfield Tire Yard. However, Gary Coleman comes again and stop to stop them until they get into a discussion about Christmas. Afterwards, they invite Gary Coleman to a Christmas dinner at the Simpsons' house. And we will talk about that last line in a moment.
2: <laughs> the phone's not even plugged in. Fee <laughs> short of a galaxy. <laughs> Three...
0: Oh, that that reveal is just so <laughs> great. When, yes, Gary Colvin is sitting there and he's complaining about his Chinese food that he's eating. And, yes, it was... Uh, prawn galaxy right was that what it was called three
1: prongs are hardly a galaxy
0: (laughs) oh the menu said galaxy of prawns and then he says that line yes three prawns is hardly a galaxy and lisa's trying to sneak by him and bart's like i want to see how this plays out (laughs) and then lisa as brendan says discovers the phone's not even plugged in
1: (laughs) and then doesn't he say hello get me the president
0: (laughs) no the president calls him (laughs) because he's like hello mr president (laughs)
2: yes i can make it to washington
0: <laughs> oh my god it was so great and like i said just that thought that he's not actually on the phone because you think he's really on the phone at first and then it just keeps getting more and more out there and just crazy just oh it was fantastic um but yes cory you mentioned something problematic at the beginning with uh chief Wigo
1: he left ralphie alone in the bathroom in the bathtub, and then
0: Ralphie tells him to use the walkie-talkie. And then
1: Ralphie walkie-talkies, "Daddy, I'm I'm all set.
0: I'm ready to
2: get out now."
0: <laughs> and it, it's just like perfectly delivered too, because right before that, he mentions it to everyone. This better be important. I left Ralphie in the bathtub. <laughs>
1: Poor <So>. Ralphie.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a good look there, uh, Chief Wiggum. Not a good look.
1: <laughs> and I'm Ed Sullivan.
0: So now, Brendan, talk more about um, what you were saying, the reveal of the doorway.
2: Oh, yeah. So so we all saw the... the uh, We knew that once Lisa found out that, that the thing that we saw that she brought Chief Wiggum and we're like, oh, they're not going to be there anymore. We all knew that that was coming. And they, they knew. knew, we knew but we didn't know that they knew yes. that we knew
0: but yeah it's a very meta moment it's very it's just it's very well done just homer mentioning just- it and saying is this going to be like one of those horror movies when we open the door and everything's normal and we think you're crazy and then there's really a killer robot and the next morning you find me impaled on a weather vane is that <laughs> what this is lisa <laughs> oh Corey, what is that the reference to Getting impaled on the weather vane the next morning. I feel like that is something.
1: That is something, but I don't remember. Okay. Because, yeah, I feel
0: like that was a horror movie that they're talking about. But I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was.
1: Mike, help us.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, maybe you'll figure that out as we're going here. Um, um, so Marge kind of reminded me of me at one point when they're talking about that. Because I feel like I do this probably too much, where I give people the benefit of the doubt way too much, when they're talking about um, the robots and killer robots and everything, and Marge says, to be fair, not all robots are killers.
2: Yes. (laughs) So how many times, because I'm thinking back, how many times has The Simpsons tackled killer AI problems and like all that? Because quite a few, we have a bunch of Trios of Horror episodes. Mm-hmm. There's the um, the Krusty Doll one. There's Itchy and Scratchy Land had this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this episode, and I think that there's a few more too.
0: Although technically these these robots, the Funzos, they're not killers. They're just getting rid of all the competition they're, for the they're toys. Still,
2: they're still still true AI though. Yes. Because they have to be able to make decisions and they're in evil. order for... Yeah.
0: But well, I, I just feel like that subject is just ripe for parody and satire, so yeah. that's why it's used so many times, you know.
1: Oh. Stupid. The Omen.
0: Oh. Uh, okay. The priest. That's the reference. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: Ah, uh, how dumb do I feel for not knowing that. It is. Um. Don't yell at me, Mike. <laughs>
0: Corey, what did you think of Wiggum's, uh, impression? Uh, A really big shoe. No, I can do that better. Get <laughs> rid <laughs> Brendan, do you even know who Ed Sullivan is? No clue. All right. Ed Sullivan was an old, uh
2: in the 50s yeah i've heard of the ed sullivan show yes yeah. so
0: he was the host of course but and he I was don't know anything probably the thing that's most important about that show was it was the beatles first appearance on american television
1: i mean i feel right. like it was a lot of people's jumping points Yes, yeah. if you're on ed sullivan then yeah. you know
0: but he was basically like a nighttime talk show
2: and I have heard people say, I heard the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah? I was there since the very beginning. Who did
1: you hear say that?
2: I don't know, a bunch of people. Like who? Like, I think... We I, want names, darn it. I think, I think, I, didn't my grandmother say that at one point? I don't know, probably. Probably.
0: <laughs> Alright, moving on. Da,
1: da, 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 da. <laughs> what?
0: Um, Krusty's uh, holiday special.
1: Have a quasi Kwanzaa. Merry
0: Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Quasi Kwanzaa, a Tip Top Tet, and a Solemn Dignified Ramadan.
1: (laughs) I love that part the best.
0: Now, I do have to say, though, the Simpsons brought something new to me. I didn't know what Tet was, so I looked it up, and it is the Vietnamese New Year that marks the first day of the Lunar New Year. So I had not known that before, and I was like, huh. Look at that, Simpsons. Thanks for teaching me something new. Um, Oh, and then the commercial. Funzo, funzo, funzo. If you don't have funzo, you're nothing. (laughs) And that kid just pushes the puppy out of the way. Just throws the puppy away and grabs the funzo.
1: What's he going to do? Kicks that puppy? Don't kick puppies, people.
0: And when uh, Lisa decides that she wants to... uh, Intervene and like protest and everything, and Bart basically tells her that he's not interested. And then he says, "But if you're going to spaz, I'll come with. Yeah. Or if you're going to throw a spaz, I'll come with." And the Just joke. Let me know, and I'll get my bike. <laughs> the joke of the kid first industry sign that's flashing secret headquarters. <laughs> Just another of uh, mm-hmm. example of them using signs in a great way, and um, I mean. Gary Coleman.
1: I love Gary just, Coleman. Oh my
0: god. He was so good in this. Like I, I'm gonna come right out and say it. I think he's one of the best guest stars they've ever had. Uh, just the way they used him was just What are you so, talking so about, good. everyone?
1: <laughs> just that. Or
0: when he's about to get fired. <laughs> And Aww. Lindsay Nagel comes up to him And she's like, how did they get past Or um, first, uh, Ted Hope says How did they get past Gary Coleman And Lindsay goes out and she's like, Gary, you're fired And he turns around and says, like, what you talking about, Miss Nagel
1: And she's like, you're rehired
0: You're adorable, you're rehired And then he's like, ha, sucker I knew exactly what she was talking about <laughs> And then he just goes up On the desk, throws his feet up, and takes a nap
1: And takes a nap <laughs> That's what you do You take naps
0: Oh my god, he was so, so good.
1: You can take naps at work. I can? I mean, who would know?
0: (laughs) I I, I guess, but I wouldn't.
1: I can't take naps at work.
0: You have your own office.
1: (laughs) It's a good thing that no one listens to this who works with me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was office controversy yes there controversy. was controversy
0: there was a lot of it so anyways um when lisa goes in to uh try to plead her point to um the two powers that be <laughs> i don't know why i find this so funny but Lindsay daigle <laughs> Just says, Lisa, I know that you're mad, but just for a damn minute, try to see this from a product positioning standpoint.
1: Yes, I loved that (laughs) also. Just for a damn minute. Just for a damn
0: minute. Like, why? Why say that? But I don't know. I just found that really, really funny. (laughs) Corey, I saw you chuckle at that comment. The first toy made by children for children, and all the profits going to children. And they're like, really?
1: Somebody's children? (laughs)
0: Oh, oh, just a great line. Just fantastic.
1: Um I also really love Fuzz- Funzo's lower back pain chair. When can I where can I get one of those?
0: <laughs> the accessory catalog with the dream fortress, the lower back pain chair, the European voltage converter.
1: Funzo's <laughs> terrifying.
0: And when Bart tries to order he's writing everything down and he mentions the European voltage converter and Funzo goes, Why not buy three?
1: And then when Funzo, like, is strangling the Krusty the Clown Doll... Yeah. Funzo's terrifying.
0: Well, what about the part when he has uh, both Malibu Stacy and Krusty's heads on the pikes... ...on the pencils, and he's dancing? (laughs) Oh. Uh, Brendan, I saw you really laugh at their Microsoft joke. When they mentioned... It should have been Apple. Well, yeah, but back then, it was more Microsoft. But, so, tell us what you thought about that joke. So, the joke is... Um, He's eliminating all the competition, and I think Bart says, what, like Microsoft? (laughs) So why did you find that so funny? Uh,
2: It's just a very topical joke. Even now, Mm -hmm. it's just very, very good. Um, Yeah, it's just funny.
0: Uh, So we kind of mentioned this already, but the chaos at the toy store.
1: Now why would you wear cleats to a store? (laughs)
0: And Lenny just taking the candy cane, and, and he's like, "I can't window. wait! I need to go in now!" and just smashes the window so they can all get in. <laughs> um, and then when they get um, Homer involved, uh, when Some Bart and Lisa, might be up. yes, and he's trying to talk about it, and he's like, "Okay, so that's three Christmases I saved," and he shows the oh, three hi, fingers, Dean. and then he says, "Plus the eight I ruined." And this was a very subtle thing. Is
2: this all of the uh, Christmas episodes to that point? No,
0: I don't think so. Well, because as we mentioned last time, there was a lot of seasons where there wasn't Christmas episodes, and then they started doing them. But no, there was a very subtle thing that Homer did as he's counting them. So he says, first the three that I saved, so he holds up three fingers. And then he says, plus the eight that I ruined. So he takes his hand and he holds out all four fingers, closes them, and then holds out all all four again. yeah, Yeah. So you see the eight. So I just thought that was funny. And then he says, and then two were kind of a draw. So then, when Homer's stealing everything from everyone's houses, one thing I noticed, why are none of the funzos wrapped? Yeah,
2: they're just all, like, (laughs) sitting out there. Um, well, this is the day after everyone got them, right?
0: Well, it's Christmas Eve.
2: Yeah, that's fair. So, maybe they were all in the middle of wrapping them. All of them. I don't know, all maybe. of the families. I guess. Synchronized their watches and said, we're going to wrap our funzos at this time.
1: I love the Hibbards, Their dog was <laughs> getting after Homer. Right, Deanie?
2: And the thing I
0: loved about that, too, is the fact that the kids are singing Silent Night.
1: And they get louder. And
0: Homer's making so much noise behind them.
1: And they're getting louder. <laughs> and no one t- Oh
2: my god. He's screaming inside their house Yes. <sighs>
0: it's just great But yeah, obviously this reminds me of the Grinch who stole Christmas mm-hmm. Of course, with him coming through and stealing yeah. everything So um, so now, Corey, I'm sure you noticed this But the song Homer's singing When he has all the funzos in the bag What is it? It was Tiny Bubbles yes. But he's using the funzos lyrics yes. He makes up his own lyrics for it Um, And then as he takes the bag and he swings it around and throws it in the fire and mentions, the madness ends here. Oh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Corey, what would you think about the Funzo on fire coming out saying, I'm very mad at boo. Oh,
1: I didn't like that at all. (laughs) I didn't like that at all. Thank you.
0: Well, I know something you did like. When Gary Coleman comes back and mentions. Now, what do we have here? Looks like the biggest rip-off since, since Webster. Webster.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So, for any of our younger listeners, why don't you uh, talk about what that reference is all okay, about?
2: Well, also me.
1: Okay, well, Gary Coleman, as you all know, was on a TV show called Different Strokes. It was him and his brother, Willis, and they were adopted by a elderly white gentleman.
0: Wealthy elderly white wealthy. gentleman,
1: right? I mean kind of problematic but he was just a kind-hearted soul except for that one time when he let them reply to a bike ad and it was a pedophile ring but we won't get into that right now what what <laughs> into that right now we won't get into that right now yeah no you don't remember that episode i don't
0: think i've ever watched like strokes
1: They wanted a bike and there was this guy who was selling bikes and it was another elderly white gentleman and uh, Gary Coleman and his friend went there and the guy's like, well, why don't you boys take your shirts off and let me take pictures of you?
0: Wait, that's what he said? It
1: was a very special episode that taught us all a lesson.
0: like, he wasn't trying to hide it at all. Just, nah. like, take your shirts off and I'll take pictures of you?
1: Yeah, like, your friends were over here a couple of days ago and they did it. <laughs> it was the 80s. Okay. Um, guys, that episode happened. And so, that was the premise of different strokes now the premise of webster
0: wait the premise of different strokes was
1: no 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 not the pedophile break (laughs) i'm talking about gary coleman and his brother willis getting adopted by the elderly gentleman who was nice and not a creep now the premise of webster was webster was adopted by
0: a wealthy a white wealthy family. white
1: family. And
0: he again was a African American child who, like Gary Coleman, was, was a little. Per- yeah. yeah. I loved Webster as a kid, though.
1: Re- but you didn't watch Different Strokes. I didn't. No. It was a little more ghetto.
0: You know what I loved about Webster was the um, what are those things? The dumb waiters. That's what they're called, right? The yes. Little mm-hmm. Things that you go up and down. Well, I yeah, used to I told absolutely you my dumb waiter love that story. He had that. Yeah. Because you had one in your house on Porter Road.
1: Yeah, I sure did. And when we when they bought the house, I was a child and I was running around the house and I was looking. And my grandma's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm looking for the dumb waiter. Where is he?"
0: <laughs> Where is he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought there was just a not very bright person who came with the house that was a waiter.
0: Yes. So
1: How was I supposed to
0: know? So then, obviously, back to this, yeah, advertising. the whole thing with Gary <laughs> Coleman mentioning it's the biggest ripoff since Webster kind of goes back to that, where he's feeling that Webster was a ripoff of his character. Things like that. So, um, so when Gary Coleman comes pulling up in the car, I'm sure you guys noticed, um, you don't see him mm-hmm. in the car. So originally when this was animated, when he steps out of the car... He was smaller than the bottom of the car. So basically the car ended here and he was smaller than that. Mm -hmm. But then they went back and they're like, you know what? We should probably fix that because we really shouldn't poke too much fun at Gary Coleman's expense. So they eventually went back and fixed that, which I think was a good decision to do. Because that would be kind of mean. Continuing on here. Oh, when they're all having the argument over Christmas Mm -hmm. and... (laughs) Homer's intervention when he's just like perhaps (laughs) just that really made me laugh (laughs) and um Gary Coleman beating up that funzo
1: (laughs) I know
2: weird
0: (laughs) yes but they had to pay off the karate earlier in the episode they did they did because they 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 showed that Gary Coleman does karate when he's doing it in the office right before Lindsey Nagel comes in to fire him so they had to pay it off and yeah so he beats up the funzo (laughs) And, uh, when the Simpsons try to invite them over to his house, when he mentions, nah, I'm having Christmas at George Clooney's house.
1: Gary!
0: All right. (laughs) Uh And, yeah, then it gets kind of (laughs) dark. Because then we talk about Mr. Burns getting visited by three ghosts in the night. (laughs) Yep. And so he brings back, uh, and he finds money in his tuxedo pocket that he's going to fund the school. Yep, and then we see poor mo. Mm-hmm. I mean
1: that obviously not to it's a wonderful life yes. but like he didn't have his he had his head in an oven
0: mm-hmm. with a sign on his back. No the, funeral. No funeral. Mm-hmm. Good lord that is sad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but instead of that he made a goose. I don't know where he found the goose. It's probably best not to ask. I mean, this is Mo after all. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, the episode ends when Mo comes in and he mentions that he dented the Jeep in the front, which, of course, is Gary Coleman's car. And he says, what you talking about, Mo?" What
1: you talking about, everyone? <laughs>
0: everyone. What a way to end an episode. <laughs> so. All right. So final thoughts on this episode. What did you guys think?
2: I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it thoroughly.
0: What was with that sustained response there?
2: uh, uh you know if you know okay
0: all right so so you're a fan of this episode. yeah it you was liked good. it.
2: I liked it.
0: All right, Corey?
1: um i i I have to say it was fine. But I hated Furbies, like, with a passion. So, maybe I have some Furby PTSD.
0: Brendan, do you know what a Furby is? Yes, I know what a Furby well, I is. I didn't know. Like, they were released they way before. They remade Furby. Ugh, why? <laughs> well, yeah, and obviously the creators of this particular episode mentioned that, yeah, this was kind of a ripoff of the Furby and was kind of their idea of it. But, yeah, I never understood the draw to a Furby. And why people liked them so much. So,
1: guys, I will say this. I, uh, I worked at Toys R Us from the time I was 17 until the time I was 21. Yes. <laughs> from the time I All was right. 17 to the time I was 21, I worked at Toys R Us. So I saw Elmo. And I saw people lose their freaking crap over Tickle Me Elmo. I did get one just for the hell of it.
0: You know what I used to love doing? Um, I used to love going to the Tickle Me Elmo display and setting them all off all at once.
2: No, why? Well, because I because it hate would make you. the
0: display shake. Yeah. And then they'd start falling off. Yeah, and, and we you'd hated walk away. you.
1: And we hated you. Oh,
0: you didn't do that after hours?
1: No, because we had to straighten them because of jerks like you.
0: Well, you're welcome.
1: So I saw. I was tickle giving me you Elmo. job
0: security. I
1: hate you. <laughs> I saw Tickle Me Elmo. I saw Furby's. The best thing about Furby was um, we tried to teach it how to swear. And it would not. It had some sort of control that wouldn't swear. Like, we tried to teach it the F word. (laughs) And it would not.
0: What would it say? Like, would it just say... Furby
1: doesn't say that.
2: Jesus.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, it 100% knew what we were saying. And there was some control on it that it wouldn't let us program him to drop F-bombs.
0: Well, good for those developers for figuring that out, because, yes, that's the first thing you're going to try to do to your Furby, is try to teach it to swear.
1: There are are teenagers at a Toys R Us somewhere that are going to try to teach this how to swear. Yep. Um,
0: Well, and like I mentioned to you, they used to have those talking parrots, and so... Brendan, it was just a very simple thing. You would just go over and you would press the button, and, and you would record, record your voice, and, it and then would... it would say it back. Yeah. So we used to go into Spencer's and record something terrible, and then walk away, and then see it interact with people. Oh my God! <laughs> because it didn't have that kind of technology on it, it would just literally say your voice back in some crazy sounding parrot voice. So
1: when um when I worked at Toys R Us though, there was a doll aisle like creepy ass dolls and i would not straighten that aisle i would be like someone else do it for me and sometimes it just didn't get straightened
2: (laughs) oh my god
1: and sometimes it was like no one went down that aisle so it didn't take a lot of straightening but sometimes at night it just wouldn't get straightened and tom would be like did anyone straighten the doll aisle and And then it would
2: be straightened in the morning i would
1: i would be like no, and Tom would be like, did anyone else straighten the doll aisle? And no one would say anything, and Tom's like, it's fine. We also used to ride bikes around after hours.
0: Was it like, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, where you guys had the little ball things and were jumping no, around the toy store? No, Because I always wanted to do that after no, I saw that movie.
1: But Tom did get on a very small bike and like kind of busted it. So the guys who were making the bikes were like, What the hell, Tom? But Tom was the manager and he was like, I don't know, make another one. <laughs> and so, so they he
0: had did say to. that he did it. He didn't just say like some kid did it or <laughs> no, something. No,
1: he was like, I don't know how that happened and one of the guys was like, You were just riding on that. And Tom's like, Prove it
0: And he's like, We have the video footage right there. <laughs>
1: um, actually the cameras didn't really work. <laughs> the little toys r us secrets uh the cameras really did like up where jeff was in video games and there were some cameras that worked but not all of them not all the time
0: this might explain why toys r us went bankrupt and is no longer in business maybe Maybe. (laughs) although i will say in most retail stores most of the cameras are not real
3: uh, Most of them, but
0: well, up by the they're, registers. They're
2: real, just um, they don't record.
0: Well, no, they don't have a camera in them. A lot of them are just the bulb, like the, yeah. the globe.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But definitely in like high theft areas, they will have them and up by the registers and stuff like that, near the front so. of the store. But a lot of those are Here's another
1: thing. Maybe a kid we
2: shouldn't be spreading this. A
1: kid I graduated high school with came to work at Toys R Us. We were about 19 at the time. And they were like, okay, well, it's the holidays. And you're going to be this, the, you know, like secret, not secret shopper, but, you know, the person who, like, is supposed to follow people around when he they're stealing. And he's like, oh, okay, should I wear, like, regular clothes? And they're like, no, you wear your Toys R Us vest. And he's like, well... Okay, but what's the point in that? So he had to, like, follow people around with his Toys R Us vest on. (laughs) Let me tell you, it wasn't effective. (laughs) No. Because he was 19, and all we wanted to do was, like, hang out with each other. And so most of the time we would go into the back, into shipping, and just hang out with the guys who were building bikes and stuff. (laughs) And at one time... tom got on the radio he's like where is everyone <laughs> we were all in shipping <laughs> there was one person at the register because at this time toys the Us was open until midnight so after Why? like at christmas rush baby so after like 10 o'clock there was only one person on register because you didn't need a whole lot of people because it would die down. So we would have to do stuff like straighten and, you know, stuff like that. But like it was 10 o'clock. So we were all like hanging out and making plans to go out after. (laughs) And for some reason, like, I think the girl went away from her register. And he was trying to call all of us and no one was answering because it was Tom. And then he got on the PA system and he's like, Where is everyone? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was loud.
1: Well, where was everyone? Exactly. We were all in the back.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, and the best the best I can't was,
2: imagine the people in that store hearing that. Listen, there, there was no many. one in the store. I, I'm sure there was someone, like some customer. Hmm.
1: But after hours was when we used to like get on the PA system and sing songs and (laughs) ride bikes around the store and throw stuff at each other and run around like idiots screaming.
0: And once again, it was a mess. Once again, this company no longer exists and went bankrupt. I wonder why. All right.
1: Oh, in conclusion, (laughs) I hate Furbies. (laughs)
2: Great. Wow. All right. Back to the. Topic at hand. Right. So, yeah, and for
0: me, like, um, you know, a good episode. I wouldn't say a great episode, but it was good. Definitely had we its moments. we were talking about. We got so far off track,
2: I had no idea.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> you should call this episode, in conclusion, I hate Furbies.
0: Alright, there you go. There's the tag. So anyways i think it was a good episode not a great episode but it was good it had its moments definitely some really funny parts if it wasn't for gary coleman i would probably put this episode a little bit lower than i would but gary coleman really made this episode good.
2: i'd agree I would and
0: agree. i just i've always liked gary coleman and um is he
3: r.i.p yeah
0: he's he's been gone for a while i think okay. like 2010 maybe all right that's what i thought but i didn't want to yeah no he's been gone for a while unfortunately so but he has left a nice strong lasting legacy so thank you gary coleman all right, so before we go here, uh, Brendan, do you want to say ratings real quick?
2: Oh, sure. I definitely have them up, and I am going to read them off of my phone, which is open and here and in front of me. All right. Um, So, it's Grift of the Magi was on the Fox Network, blah, blah, blah. Um, It aired on December 19th, 1999 it was viewed in approximately 7.76 million households that night with a nielsen rating of 7.7 this episode finished 39th in the ratings of for the week of December 13th through 19th it was the second highest rated broadcast on fox that week following an episode of wait no you know, she was hates it? this game
0: 1999
2: yes
1: Friday. December
0: of nineteen. Fox. We're talking Fox shows. Yes. Um, Fox
1: shows. Melrose Place? Was it even a thing? He I don't might know. Have still been. Help me.
2: And kick Just yourself tell me. once he reveals. Just tell me. Ally McBeal. Ugh. Yeah, that was a huge show back then. Which received a nine point nine rating. Alright. Thank I hate you
0: for Allie that. McBeal. All right, so what about Act 4? Anybody got anything? I mean, we should. I mean, we just had Christmas. Should be some good times.
1: I mean, I I binge-watched a show that's not family-friendly, so I don't even know if I can say it.
0: Just go ahead.
1: But it's not family-friendly.
0: I mean, we talk about unfamily-friendly stuff, just to make sure that All right, people know so, that if you're so, not of a certain age, so you shouldn't Caleb, watch it.
1: Yeah. Caleb shouldn't watch this. Um... But I just binge watched a show on Starz Network called P-Valley, which is a show about strippers and um, how Casino wants to come into uh, the fictional Mississippi town of Chuckalisa and take over the strip club. And uh, there are so many good characters in it. There's um, this great non-binary character who is named uncle clifford and they're just an amazing character i feel like uncle clifford is probably my favorite the strippers are all really kind of fleshed out and they're all like really great characters you get backstory and for pretty much all of the main ones and let me tell you those girls like i they they, like, flip themselves upside down on poles. They, like, climb to the very top and go upside down so their feet touch the ceiling. And it's it's scary and wonderful all at once. Mark and- did that oh
2: i'm not kidding well
1: it's terrifying to me but it's also wonderful and i've also started watching the remake of the stand which is a stephen king book which had a miniseries in the 90s which maybe wasn't great um but this one seems to be shaping up pretty good so far and it has the backing of stephen king himself and uh, stephen king's son is also a writer on the show and it has the immortal James Marsden in
2: it. So, yeah, isn't there like a bunch of popular actors in it?
1: James Marsden, Heather Graham, uh,
0: Whoopi Goldberg.
1: Whoopi Goldberg, um, the handsome Skarsgård, not the wonky Skarsgård. and uh, or not
0: the father Scarsgard. Not
1: father Skarsgård, not wonk Skarsgård, but handsome Scarsgard. It's gonna Amber That's Heard, so mean. and Amber Heard, who no one likes anymore.
0: Okay,
2: thank you. Uh, I also have a show that is not family-friendly. Well, no. Um, it, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm sure you've heard about it. It's very highly rated. It's on Amazon Prime. It's super good. Um, I highly recommend you check it out. If you're of the appropriate age, and um, yes, I—it's just incredible. I got nothing else to say. (laughs) It's truly marvelous.
0: Oh, there it is. (laughs) Well done. Um, And as for me, um, I would just like to start off. Like, obviously, things were very different this year uh, for the holidays, but it was nice. We had a very nice time. Uh, It was just, you know, Corey and I and the kids. And um, London's boyfriend spent some time over here, and we haven't seen him in a while, so it was nice to see him. Um, So we had a good time with that and had a lot of laughs and some good times. So that was good. So I would definitely say that. And I've been kind of raving about this to some people um, that I know, and so I'm just going to say it again here. Corey got me these awesome (laughs) T-shirts. That obviously, you know, as most of you know, I'm a big fan of hockey and obviously used to play a lot of those old video games back in the day, like Blades of Steel and NHL 94 for the Sega Genesis, and so she got me shirts that are inspired by that. Uh, So the one shirt is um, two guys squaring up for the fight like in Blades of Steel, and they're wearing Penguins and Flyers colors, and the other one, which I'm actually wearing right now, is from NHL 94, and it's Mario Lemieux. So... Um, was very excited about that, didn't even know these existed, and um, so thank you for I, that.
1: I, I will I will plug the site I got them on because I got kit, the kids' t-shirts on that side too. It's called Public, and all of the artwork's done by independent artists, so you get to support independent artists as well.
0: Very cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Alright, so um, with that before we go, just another quick reminder, remember you can reach out to us if you'd like. Uh, you can get us on email at so it's come to this pod at gmail.com. On Instagram, so it's come to this underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook, uh so it's come the number two this and you'll find us there and um obviously you found it but if you're trying to tell anyone else about us or anything like that you can find us on spotify stitcher apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts and i have one more thing oh hold on make sure to like and subscribe that link go ahead
1: (laughs) i'm not joking either this is a thing the mickey mouse club um they had an album they they put out a christmas album great and it's new. It's new? It's new. Yeah. Like the Mouseketeers, old Mouseketeers got together to put a, together a new Christmas album mm.
2: for this year. Why wasn't this in the news and views? I didn't think of it till right now. <laughs> okay.
1: There always has to be at least one Mickey Mouse Club related thing. We
2: already talked about I
0: it.
1: I am standing by that.
0: All she did was mention the member.
1: I just mentioned a whole bunch of people. That it's no true. one knows about.
0: All right. And one final thing before we go here. I was telling this to Corey. She kind of got a laugh about this. But um, our show has become a little more widely available on other podcast platforms and things like that. And I got an email <laughs> the other day stating that they have some cool information that might interest us. Ooh. Our podcast has good performance in some rankings in the last 30 days. Ooh. So we are in position 169 in the category of TV reviews in Canada. Nice! Actually, that's not bad! So there you go, we are the 169th most popular podcast about TV reviews in Canada. I'm happy about that. <laughs> so, And that data was provided to us by Podstatus.com.
2: 169 out of...
0: That I don't know. I don't know the answer Out to that. Out of 169. That. That, was, that was the joke I was making to Corey. I was like, there's 170 podcasts yeah. in that category. <laughs> but still, I thought that was kind of cool. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we appreciate you.
1: And Timothy, I want you to know that Dean is just fine, and he did get presents and treats and catnip for Christmas. Yes,
0: he did. and, oh, now, and he's now he's being, being lifted up. up. And he hates it.
1: That's not my goal.
0: all right so with that uh we've been going on long enough here thanks for being patient with us thank you for listening um like i said many times before we have fun with this and as long as we continue having fun we'll keep doing it so thank you for your support um along the way so let's get out of here
2: adios
1: goodbye
0: and we will smell you later everyone happy holidays
1: smell like suntan lotion Coming out. I was trying to be quiet. so the I went Oh, this <laughs> is Kaylin who doesn't want to be a part of it.
2: Did you hear Al scream? Because I didn't know he was going to do that. I would
1: have turned it back. No. You didn't? No. no. So
2: he
3: fell out of his chair and started screaming.
1: Gotcha. We don't, no, we I don't think we're good. ever have our useless weather updates because of you. Yep. That's fine. That's fine. You do you.
0: <laughs> you do you.
1: And then after, we're like, hey, let's go to Perkins, and we did, and then those awful kids were there, and I'm including the kids that work there, because, if all y'all, and
0: I was one of those kids. Yep.
1: You and your stupid friend. Who? His stupid friend, Jim. Who was just mean.
0: He was. He He was was mean mean to us, too, so.
1: And awful, and like... We would be like, hey, wherever he is, we don't want to be. <laughs> like, we would tell the poor girl that was seating us, and she'd be like, um, um,
3: um. <laughs>
1: and Tom would be like, what about over there? Just seat us over there. Is that his section? We don't want that section. <laughs> we hate that guy. We and hate she's, that guy. One girl was actually very honest, and she was like, I do too.
0: <laughs> that tracks. <laughs>